Good morning, welcome to Emmett Audio. I'm going to talk today about expectations. So there's a fantastic trilogy of books. I'm not sure what the trilogy as a whole is called, but the um, it's called Infernal Devices. The first one is called Mortal Engines by an author named Philip Reeves. They're fantastic. Uh, they're set in a world where, in the future, where cities have had to become mobile in order to continue getting resources. And so you have this sort of Darwinist survival of the fittest of the cities, and they gobble each other up, and the stronger ones become bigger and bigger and more easily able to dominate the smaller ones, and the smaller ones' only chance of survival is to be able to scuttle away faster on their giant treads. And um, it was made into a movie. The first book was made into a movie, hmm, I don't know, five years ago by Peter Jack, Peter Jackson? Peter Jackson, who did the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, Peter Jackman, that's who it is, Peter Jackman. And it was a flop. Now, much of the movie was great. I think the reason it was a flop, ooh, we're going up into the part of the trees that are really covered with snow. It's gonna be beautiful. Here's why I think it was a flop. There's a character who has a scar on her face, who's the main character, and so she wears a bandana over most of her face for much of the movie to hide her identity. Now, from the nose up, she looks like Emily Blunt. Like Emily Blunt, the new Mary Poppins, that Emily Blunt, married to John Krasinski. Just something about her face and the rest of her body. She just, and even her voice, honestly, she looks like Emily Blunt. Now, she is not Emily Blunt. Her name is Hedda Hilmar. She's an Icelandic actress. Beautiful in her own right, but when you finally see her face, you think, holy shit, that's not Emily Blunt. And You know, this movie came out before the pandemic and before we all had experience with people wearing masks and having that moment that we've all had where people, uh, where we are surprised by what people's faces look like when we finally do see them, if we've only seen them with a mask. I think that's, that's a phenomenon that many of us hadn't had experience with prior to the pandemic. But I think it was a phenomenon in this movie, and it had the additional thing of you're expecting one face and you get another face, you kind of feel disgruntled about it, or like something's off. Like you don't, you like, you wish that it had been Emily Blunt, and that leaves you with a weird taste in your mouth. And there's no way that Peter Jackman, Jack, Jackman could have seen it. Wow, is it beautiful up here. Um, just a few, like a, like a, whatever, 50 feet elevation up from our house, way more snow coverage on the trees. It's gorgeous. Wow. Um, but I think that speaks to a deep part of human nature, which is that we, when we have an expectation for something and that expectation is squashed, we are not happy. And it doesn't matter how good the other thing is, the, the, the actual thing is. We are not happy because our expectation was not met. And, and, and yet this happens to us all the time. My wife and I were supposed to have a date night last night. Uh, we had arranged with an old 
college friend of my wife's to show up. Now, this is my college, my wife went to college just a couple of years ago, so, you know, there's a, a young 20-something who we really like who just completely forgot to show up, and so we didn't have our date night. What's going on, Willa? Alright, everyone out, let's go. And there we were, supposed to have a date night, and we didn't have a date night. And we had a perfectly lovely evening. We watched the second episode of, <laughs> ironically, also a movie by Peter Jackman, the Get Back documentary about the Beatles. And, you know, we were tired anyways. It would, you know, like, it would have been one of those date nights where you're like, ugh, do we even have energy for this? And yet, and yet, I was really looking forward to a date night. And that expectation was squelched. It was not met. I think we can feel this in larger ways in our lives also, right? You go through life and you always assume that something is going to work out for you in a certain way, right? You always assume you have a certain life that you envision having. Maybe it's getting married and having kids. Um, maybe it's uh, come on, Maisie. Maybe it's doing a certain thing for a job. And I hope that works out for you, but for many people, it doesn't work out that way. And when things don't work out as we expect them to work out, even if they work out great, we are left with this sour taste in our mouth. So what do we do about that? Because it seems like everyone's gonna have that at various points in your life, ranging from the trivial, right? It's not Emily Blunt, to the very large, you know, I'm not happy with how my life turned out. I always envisioned it a different way. And you could easily say, well, just don't have expectations, right? That's the Buddhist thing is life is suffering because we have expectations of things. We want things, we desire things. But notice that it's not about desire. I didn't want it to be Emily Blunt. I just thought it would be. And so it's, it is not required to have this sensation. Wow, is this beautiful. Hold on, I gotta take a photo. This, this feeling, this phenomenon is not about desire. It's just about what we expect. And it's not like you can expect nothing because as a human, you, those making expectations is like breathing. It's just happens subconsciously. Our brain is always making expectations about things. And 
It seems like we're therefore always capable of being trapped by these emotions of of being slightly disappointed by things. So I think, okay, so you can't escape. You can't escape it on the front end, is what I'm trying to get at. Which seems to me that really your best option is to get good at letting go of your expectations. And probably to see the humor in your own foibles of having those expectations in the first case. Right, because you could have your expectations, uh, you could expect one thing and have it be something completely different and have your reaction be anger or frustration, right? Or disappointment. I was certainly disappointed last night not getting to go on a date night, having, you know, some cobbled together dinner instead of a delicious meal that I had been anticipating. And but it seems like it seems to me that the the best thing you can do is develop a sense of humor about this and about yourself, an ability to find your own reaction amusing and the situation amusing, and to have to not take things. personally, and to not, uh, to not let yourself hold on to those negative emotions and just let them go. That to me seems like the only sensible strategy around this. Now I'm not saying that's easy and it's certainly easier in some circumstances rather than others. And some circumstances... You know, it's always worth asking yourself, like with the largest possible circumstance, right? If my life is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, if your life is not what you thought it was going to be, but it's a good life, you like it, you love it, there are things about it that maybe you would change and you're working on that, but by and large, you have a good life. It just isn't what you thought it would be. That's one thing. But if it's not what you thought it would be and you hate your life, well, then obviously you have some work to do. Or if your life isn't what you thought it would be, and it really is bothering you, and there are some good things in your life, but it is not what you dreamed it will be, well then, take that as a call to action. So it seems to me that a sort of detachment from your feelings, coupled with a willingness to take action on those feelings, which is ironic because it's the opposite, they're sort of opposites of each other, right? Don't take it too seriously, and also take it seriously and do something about it. Seems to be the best approach to handling the inevitable disillusionment and frustration that comes from having your expectations not be met. I was once uh, working on a sailing ship, and we were were sailing off the coast of uh, Oregon, California, something like that. We were out in the ocean, 
and we've been sailing along and the cook had been bringing up mugs of chicken noodle soup to people on watch. And I saw the captain had some, I said, hey, can I have a sip of your, sip of yours? And he handed me his mug and I took a sip and I nearly vomited because it was cold orange juice. And when you take a sip of cold orange juice, you're expecting cold orange juice, you're fine. When you take a sip of cold orange juice and you're expecting warm chicken noodle soup, the, the difference between the reality and what you were expecting is so great that you have, what well, I had in that moment, a almost violent physical response. And there was nothing I could do about it, but since then, it's been one of my favorite humorous stories to tell. I think that's a great example of how you can take a frustrating situation and find the humor in it. And in doing so, turn it around into something that strengthens you instead of something that weakens you. Thank you for listening. Talk tomorrow.